Hello and welcome to Grace in the Marketplace. My name is Tafara Butai. Did you know that God is inside Kairos moments, divine connections, favor, unmerited strength for his children, for the marketplace? I like to call all of this God's grace in the marketplace. And so on this podcast, that's what we're going to be talking about and many other subjects. Let's check out today's podcast. Welcome to everybody that's joining uh, we're going to jump straight into it. It's going to be a 30-minute class. Uh, Grace in the Marketplace is a book that I wrote uh, two years ago uh, that talks about how God uh, has empowered all of us to uh, make a difference outside of the uh, four walls of the church. You know, I remember when I was writing the book, the Lord said to me, uh, you know, I want what you do on a Sunday morning to spill over into your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, and your Thursday. You know, just like scripture tells us in Hebrews that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Uh, He was reiterating uh, the same message to me uh, that I would love to go into the marketplace with my children. And one of the things that the Lord uh, inspired me to write the book for was uh, uh, to help people discover their calling in life and to also help them realize that there is a grace for the marketplace. The grace of God is also our strength. It's also our fuel. It's how God empowers us to make a difference in the marketplace. So God has empowered every single person on this call uh, to to be great. God has never created anyone to be average. Uh, You know, I always joke around this, that you may have been an accident to your parents, but to God, you, you were intentional. You know, God really thought about uh, creating you for such a time as this. So uh, there's greatness on the inside of you. And we're going to help during the next five days uh, uh, to try and unpack some of that greatness and how you can take advantage of uh, some of the things that the Lord has already deposited on the inside of you. And so we're going to be talking around this book, Grace in the Marketplace. We've already given it out for free. If you uh, didn't get a copy, please be free. Be sure to send an email. Uh, to admin at faithillchurch.co.za and we'll be able to send you a free uh, ebook uh, so you can uh, read the, 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 the bigger and the greater story in the book. I may not be able to cover everything in the next 30 minutes, but we'll try. So let's jump straight into the word today. Let's go to Genesis chapter number one. Uh, we're going to read from Genesis 1 verse 26 as we start this class. And as we go there, we'll just pray. And Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for this privilege, this opportunity uh, to get into your word and to talk to these, your children, who are marketplace leaders. We have been called uh, to make a difference in the marketplace. Lord, we just thank you uh, that this time is blessed, our time together. Uh, We commit it into your hands. Lead, guide, and direct us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. And so quickly, we're going to go to uh, Genesis chapter number one, and I'm going to read from verse 26 to 28. And I want to read this particular one in the Message Bible. And this is what it says in the Message Bible. It says, God spoke and said, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature uh, so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and yes, the earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. And then it says God blessed them. 
So we see here that God blessed us right off the back. You know, so you and I as New Covenant believers, we're not trying to get blessed. We're already blessed. If you read Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says, Blessed uh, uh, the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So we're not trying to get blessed. We are already blessed going somewhere to be a blessing. So, you know, you don't have to do uh, a thousand and one things to try and get blessed. You are already blessed. It's an established reality through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We know that uh, Galatians 3.13 tells us that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is anyone who hangs on the tree, so that the blessing might uh, come upon the Gentiles through Christ. So we are already blessed, but I'm not going to dwell on that uh, uh, today. But as we read this particular passage of Scripture, it says here that uh, 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 God blessed them, and then he puts an inverted commas, open inverted commas. And I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that now we're getting ready to read the first thing that God ever said to mankind, straight from the mouth of God. I don't know if it was a booming voice. I don't know if it was a whisper in the heart. But we're getting ready to read the first words God said to mankind. He says, God blessed them and said, open inverted commas. And I'm reading in the uh, Message Bible, and it says, God said, prosper. So the first thing God ever said to his children was prosper. If you're reading in the King James Bible, he said, be fruitful, which literally means the same thing. God, uh, in all of his wisdom and in, in the entirety of uh, 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 the vocabulary of heaven and wisdom of heaven, decided that the first thing his children should hear from his mouth was prosper. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, he could have said rapture. <laughs> he could have said just hang in there, you know. He could have said struggle. He could have said any of the things that, you know, people want to relate with, but God didn't. The, the, the first thing he thought his children should hear from his mouth uh, was prosper. So the first thing God spoke to his children was prosper. And he said reproduce. He said fill the earth. He said take charge, be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air. For every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. So we see here through reading this passage of scripture that uh, prosperity is not a man-made idea. Uh, prosperity is God's original plan for his children. He repeated it again in Jeremiah chapter number uh, 29 verse 11 where he says, I have a plan for you and this plan is not to harm you, but this plan is to prosper you. This plan is to give you a hope and a future. And so we realize that prosperity is not something that some comfort-hungry preacher in America came up with. Prosperity is God's idea for all of his children. Uh, he repeats it again in 3 John 1 verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So God wants all of us to prosper. Yet, no one ever told me this. For 22 years, I grew up in... A, a three-roomed house. Uh, notice I didn't say three-bedroomed house. I said three-roomed house. I grew up in a three-roomed house uh, in Bizo Kwekwe. Grew up sleeping under the kitchen table. Uh, and I can assure you that there is nothing glorious about poverty. Uh, there's nothing, there was nothing glorious about the teacher, you know, announcing, calling out your name in front of everybody because your school fees was uh, two terms overdue. There was nothing glorious about 
uh, having to take your toothbrush and scrub it on, on a bar of soap just so you can get some form to brush your teeth. There was nothing glorious about having to wear a uniform to go to school with patches on it because when you burnt it trying to iron it, uh, Mama didn't have money to buy another set of uniforms, so he, you just have to work with what you have. So you put a patch on it. <laughs> I almost invented, you know, the patched jeans style <laughs> through the poverty that we were going through. But here's the deal, guys. I'm sure you get it now. The picture is there's nothing glorious about poverty. You know why? Because you won't be able to help somebody else. Listen, you can't even help yourself. Forget about trying to help somebody else. So God uh, uh, does not want any of his children to go without. It is his, his idea. It is his plan, his original intent for all of his children to prosper. But what has happened over the years is that we have lost uh, the, the true purpose of prosperity. And when a purpose of a thing that has been created is lost, abuse is inevitable. When you don't know the reason why something was created, man, you're going to abuse it. Uh, there's a story that's told of uh, uh, an elderly gentleman who got a gift of an iPad from his children for Christmas. And uh, six months later, they visited him and they asked him, Dad, how's the iPad been working? He said, man, that thing works like a charm. It's a nice cutting board. In other words, he was using that, that uh, iPad to cut tomatoes and, <laughs> and onions and so on and so forth. When he was cooking, he didn't know that the iPad was for, you know, something else. And so we realize that when abuse, when uh, purpose of a thing is lost, abuse is inevitable. And essentially, that's what has happened in the body of Christ. Uh, over the years, we have lost the purpose of why God wants his children to prosper. You know, we've made it about cars, we've made it about diamond rings, we've made it about private jets, uh, we've made it about all these things, and God never intended for his kind of prosperity to be about things. Uh, God's kind of prosperity is about making an impact. It is about making a, a difference. And so, you know, starting tomorrow, we're going to get into some practical things that you can incorporate into your business, into your ministry to see some growth and some increase. But before we start on that, I don't want you to walk away from this uh, uh, call thinking, you know, I'm, I'm here just to help you get more because that's not what this is about. It's not about accumulating stuff. It is not about satisfying every lustful desire that you have. That's not what godly prosperity is for. Godly prosperity is for us to have the means by which we can be a, make a difference in our communities. We can make a difference in the world. Uh, we can make a difference and help in the preaching of the gospel. And so quickly, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Let's find out more about uh, the purpose uh, of this uh, prosperity. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 8. And if you're writing down notes, I would encourage you to write these scriptures down and, you know, check them out after the broadcast um, so that you, you, you can see them for yourself and, and know that they really truly exist in the Bible. Amen. That Tafara is not just making up stuff. <laughs> Amen. And so if you read this same verse in the King James Version, version it says, uh, uh, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. So prosperity is a grace. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. That's what it says in the, in the King James. 
Now, I want to read it in English because sometimes the King James is so far and out and, you know, it's not English. <laughs> I remember reading a verse the one time it says, and the veil was rent in twain. I didn't even know what that was until I read it in a different version. It says, okay, the veil was torn in half. And I say, okay, now I get it. So that's what we're going to do here. We're going to look at a different version of the Bible to just kind of help us see exactly what it's saying uh, in English. And so 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, uh, verse 8, I'm reading in the New Living Translation here. It says, and God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over uh, to share with others. I like to call this the Bible definition of prosperity. It is to rely and depend on God, realizing that God is your source. So the first thing we see here is, he says God will generously provide everything that you need. Uh, what we see in that uh, verse is that God is your source, not your business, not your ministry, uh, not your job. God may use your job. He may use your business. He may use your ministry to provide to you, but your job is not your source. God is your source. And this is an awesome piece of truth that will make you sleep peacefully at night knowing that whatever post-COVID-19 will look like, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so I'm well taken care of. God is going to supply for all my needs uh, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So he says here, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. Brothers and sisters, I want to I wanna draw your attention to the structure of this, of this, this sentence. Uh, he carefully places the word plenty on the sharing with others side of the ledger because that's what prosperity is for. And the reason he did that is because, uh, uh, you know, you can begin to limit the grace of prosperity that you receive when you make it all about yourself. If it's all about you, you're going to limit what God will be able to entrust you with. Let me explain further. Have you ever been to uh, uh, a restaurant and they're running and eat all you can, you know, campaign? I've been to those restaurants and they have a buffet and you pay a certain amount and you can eat as much as you want. And I've been to those places with the, with the unmitigated goal of making them regret ever coming up with such a dumb idea. I mean, I walk in those places saying, today, I'm going to make you regret. <laughs> I'm going to eat as much as I can. And usually... I go in there with that goal, but by about one and a half plates, I'm already full. You know why? Because you can only consume so much. But how many of you realize that I could cause some real damage if I went into that restaurant with a community in mind, just grabbing plates and looking for people outside, just grabbing plates? Man, I could go all the way to 100, 200 plates. So sometimes we limit the the, the, the grace of prosperity that comes our way because we are just so focused on consumption. I don't care who you are. You have a limit to your consumption. If it's all about you, you know, my name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. <laughs> uh, my surname is more. Give me more. I mean, if it's all about you, uh, you're going to limit how much of this grace of prosperity will come your way. Notice I didn't say God will limit it. I said you will limit because you can only uh, consume so much. And so the word plenty is carefully placed in that verse and it's carefully placed on the 
sharing with others side of the ledger. What a message to teach to uh, people uh, from our continent, our beautiful continent of Africa. Today is Africa Day, and we thank God for the continent of Africa. And I truly believe that one of the challenges that has plagued our continent for many, many years is a mindset of scarcity. How do you break out of a mindset of scarcity? You break out of a mindset of scarcity when you stop making it about yourself. When you start making it about others. When you start realizing that the God kind of prosperity, you know what he says to Abraham? He says, I've blessed you so that you can be a blessing. Uh, you realize that the God kind of prosperity gives you the ability uh, for you to be able to minister to others. So on this broadcast, we're not just talking about making money so you can add an, another role, uh, Rolls Royce to your collection. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you uh, 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 connecting with the God kind of prosperity, God giving you as much resources as he can, and you taking that and turning it into good use and minister to others. Uh, it's very, very, very important. There are three different kinds of mentalities that we see uh, in the body of Christ. The first one is a mentality that's completely against this kind of teaching. They just say, you know what, this is not possible. God does not want to meet your needs and so on and so forth. And then the second one says, you know what, I actually believe uh, in prosperity, but you know, I, I just want God to take care of my car payment, house payment, my cell phone payment and my food for the month because I'm not thinking about anybody else. I would like to just have God help me because I'm focusing on me. And I believe that's also, that's very selfish. And then there's a third one which says, you know what? I want God to entrust me with as much resources as possible so that I can be a blessing to my community, so that I can be a blessing to the kingdom of God, so that I can be uh, a blessing uh, to the world. And I remember when I was writing this book, the Lord said to me, Tafara, go out and teach my children to be obsessed with the true biblical destination uh, of prosperity, the true biblical destination of prosperity or how you measure prosperity is going to be by how much of a blessing you have become to your community, how much of a blessing you have become to those around you. In fact, true biblical prosperity is not measured by what you keep. It is measured by what you give away. You know, when I travel overseas in February, my wife and I did a Grace in the Marketplace conference in Denver, Colorado. There are about 600 business people that came out, came out there. We did another one in Hollywood in Los Angeles. Uh, teaching some of these principles. And when I share my story of where I grew up, usually people come up to me uh, after the classes and they say, okay, uh, you grew up in a three-roomed house. We would like to know if you are now prospering. And I say to them, hey, man, I'm a prosperous man these days. And they say, okay, you are a prosperous man these days. Uh, so what do you drive? And I turn around and I say to them, you know what? You are measuring prosperity the wrong way. You should have been asking me, how much of an impact are you these days? And I tell them I'm a prosperous man because I'm standing before you right now, teaching you and empowering you. And God has given me the means to be able to travel all over the world. And he has given me a revelation that is so rich that I can share with the world, uh, people from different cultures. And so, and I, I'm a prosperous man, even though I'm, what I drive may not impress you, but I'm a prosperous man because of how I am impacting those around me. So brothers and sisters, I want to I wanna encourage you 
as we go through these classes to start measuring uh, prosperity the right way is the first thing. The second thing is to literally have a change of heart around uh, things. Let's read uh, this scripture quickly as we, as we close. We're going to close in about uh, eight minutes. So let's read this scripture uh, quickly in Luke chapter number 12, uh, just to uh, emphasize uh, what I'm talking about here. Luke chapter number 12, I'm going to read from verse 15 to uh, verse 21. Luke chapter number 12 from verse 15 to verse 21. And this is Jesus speaking. And he says, And Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to explain this in verse 16. Uh, then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. Remember the word plenty that we read uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 8. It tells us exactly what we should do with extra. You know, it tells us exactly what we should do with the plenty left over. And so what happened with this rich man was uh, his ground was about to uh, uh, produce uh, and yield a plentiful harvest. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? How many of you know exactly what he should have done with his extra? We read it in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. What he should have done with his extra was to be a blessing to someone else. Do we all agree? <laughs> what he should have done with the plenty left over was to give it away. But, you know, people are sometimes tempted to... Uh, improve their taste uh, 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 buds when, when there's plenty left over. Instead of being a blessing, you know, they say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to uh, uh, improve my taste buds and I'm, I'm going to start spending at a higher level. I'm going to move from cream soda to uh, appetizer. <laughs> I'm going to move from appetizer to champagne. I don't know if I can say that. These are church people. <laughs> but that's what people do is that people want to just uh, 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 improve on their taste, their taste buds. They just want to, you know, say, you know what, I'm going to spend it all. But that's not what we should do with the plenty left over. He should have uh, been a blessing to somebody else. But watch what he says in verse uh, 17. He thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down uh, my barns and build greater and there I will store all my crops and my goods. So he was thinking about hoarding. In his mindset, he's thinking, you know what? I'm just going to hoard and keep all of this stuff to myself. And uh, verse 19, and I will say to my soul, Saul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Essentially, what he was saying was, Saul, we're not going to have to depend on God another day in our lives. Because we have stored up so many goods. It's a terrible place to be. Uh, being in a place where you don't have to depend on God. Man, we all need to be dependent on God uh, in the good times and in the bad times. In the years where we are uh, flourishing and have a bumper harvest. And in the years where uh, things aren't going so well. We need to be dependent on God. We need to keep our eyes on Him being our source and not on the stuff. But God said to him, verse 20. Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose those things which you have provided for are going to? And essentially, God is saying to him, man, 
Unfortunately, the man happened to die on the day that he was running to hoard. Let me uh, uh, clarify something here. Verse 20, God didn't kill him. God is not the one that steals, kills, and destroys, okay? It just so happened that he died on the day that he was planning on hoarding. <laughs> just such an unfortunate event. And here Jesus you know, brings the conclusion that those things are going to belong to somebody else. Uh, verse 21, So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards uh, God. So one of the things I want you to learn and just grab a hold of, renew your mind uh, to, uh, uh, if you can, as we start these next uh, five days, it is to just put things in their proper place, not to depend on things. We should definitely be using things to minister to people, to be a blessing to others, uh, to change our communities and so on and so forth. But we should never let things come into our hearts to where the thing is now leading our lives. Amen. Uh, we should always be in a place where we are ready uh, to be a blessing. I have this saying that as one end receives, uh, the other end gives. And as the resources flow through, there's going to be plenty for you. Uh, I don't know a, a, a horse pipe. You know, some of you may not know what a horse pipe is. I don't know a horse pipe that lets stuff, uh, stuff flow through it that never gets wet. Man, if you start letting stuff flow through you, you, oh, you some of that stuff is going to stick onto you. But this is a mindset. This is a different mentality uh, than what we are accustomed to. Uh, the God kind of prosperity is not about diamond rings. It's not about flashy suits or shinier suits and you know things it's it's always about uh being a blessing and that's the ultimate destination we need to be obsessed with amen and uh, so generosity is uh what we are talking about uh today genesis 121 in the king james bible after god had blessed them and and given them an instruction to be fruitful and to multiply. He also said these words in Genesis 129. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat. So God keeps saying that what I've given you uh, has seed in it. What I've given you, uh, carries seed, and seed uh, belongs to uh, the God class technology. Mankind have not been able to create anything and put uh, seed in it. You know, I mean, it would be awesome if, if mankind catch this uh, technology of seed. Can you imagine going to a Mercedes dealership and you buy a car and it happens to have seed in it to produce other Mercedes bands? I mean, that would be that would be awesome. But that has never been possible. You know why? Because Seed technology belongs to God class. Only God has been able to create something and put seed in it. And if we read in the New Testament, the same scripture that we read in 2 Corinthians 9, uh, you know, the prior verses, verse 6 and onwards, he relates to giving as sowing seed. Uh, so God is inviting us to operate at a higher level, at a God class level. So when we give, uh, uh, it changes uh, our mindsets, it changes the, the people's lives, those who are around us, and so on and so forth. And there is a powerful revelation uh, in this, brothers and sisters. If you change your mindset around stuff, around uh, 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 seed, and so on and so forth, 
uh, I'm telling you, God is going to start entrusting you with more resources, with more influence, and uh, you'll, be, you'll be able to make a difference in your church, in your community, uh, in the people uh, around you. We're going to take a few questions for the next uh, 10 minutes. So if you have a question, I think you can type it in the uh, chat box. I think that's a quicker way of doing it than to uh, ask everybody to unmute and, and ask their questions. So today we just uh, laid a foundation on the purpose of prosperity. The purpose of prosperity is to be a blessing. The purpose of God would definitely take care. Uh, God doesn't want you to go without, uh, but the ultimate destination, the ultimate goal of, of prosperity is to be a blessing. It, it gives us the means by which we can touch other people's lives. It gives us the means by which we can uh, uh, reach the world with the gospel. It gives us the means uh, by which we can help those uh, who cannot help themselves. And so that's our class. It's 1.30. Um, I have to stop. Uh, my time is up. But uh, we're going to jump straight into the questions for the next uh, nine minutes. If you don't mind, I have a question here uh, that says, what would you suggest are the best ways uh, to sow seed or to give? Uh, I think, you know, one of the uh, uh, awesome blessings we have as New Testament believers is that we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Man, when you become open to letting the Holy Spirit uh, direct you in terms of giving and being uh, generous, Man, he does such a good job of, of, of showing you exactly where to give. But we have other things that are specified in Scripture, depending on your uh, biblical persuasion. You know, some don't believe in tithing, but I do. So I would say, you know, uh, Chipo and I give a portion of our income uh, that way. Some don't believe in partnering with ministries. I do believe in partnership. And uh, so our ministry, Faith Hill Church, we partner with other uh, ministries uh, cheerful giving is also encouraged in First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter number 12. Uh, he says we should excel in the grace of giving. So there are different ways uh, in which you can uh, be a, a giver. And um, it's, it's, um, it's just an awesome place to be once you catch this revelation uh, of being a giver. I mean, I grew up in a three-roomed house. Uh, I couldn't be a blessing to anybody in my community. And it's a terrible place to be when you just don't have the means by which you can be a blessing to somebody else. Uh, right now, I'm in a place where we are able to uh, be a blessing in our community. We are able to uh, give uh, resources, uh, uh, buy groceries during COVID-19. And by the way, when you do it, Jesus said in Matthew chapter number six, uh, he says, you know, your, your, your right hand shouldn't know what your uh, left hand is given. Uh, is in 2020, what that means is leave the cameras at home. When you choose to go and give to people in deep salute, leave the cameras at home. We need to protect the dignity of the people we are giving to. I just thought I would add that in there. But, you know, leave the cameras at home. When Jesus says the left hand shouldn't know what the right hand is giving, he said, you know, don't bring the cameras. It's not a, you know, a, a, a camera op. <laughs> Amen. Uh, we have another question here that says, what are the best ways to build wealth in South Africa? I think this is what we're going to be getting into tomorrow. I didn't want to start telling you how to build wealth before we discuss how to, uh, where to use it and to have the right uh, heart around creating wealth. And so tomorrow, uh, starting Tuesday to Friday, we're strictly going to be talking about uh, the ways in which we can uh, go into the marketplace and increase and build 
uh, uh, wealth. But today, uh, I just thought it would be important that while, while we're in those classes, um, everybody knows and is on the same page uh, with regards to God's heart towards uh, uh, resources and prosperity. Uh, verse, uh, I see the third, the third question here says, is sowing seed only financial or it, uh, can it relate to other things? Is prosperity only, only relate to finances? No, prosperity is completely not only relate to uh, finances. I mean, prosperity, uh, relational prosperity physically in your body, uh, prosperity in, 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 in your mind, in your soulish realm with regards to peace and so on and so forth. But it just so happens that in this class, we're going to be focusing and zeroing in on uh, uh, prosperity in the financial realm. With regards to giving, it's interesting how Jesus phrases it in Matthew chapter number 6. Uh, he says that uh, in Matthew 6 verse 21, uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, I've met Christians who say, you know, you don't have to give treasure. You don't have to give money. You can just give your heart. Well, Jesus says, if you're going to give your heart, uh, that's great, but your heart follows your treasure. In other words, your heart follows your money. Uh, some people don't believe that, but, you know, I challenge you after this broadcast, those of you who are married, to give your spouse your credit card and ask her to go to the mall and buy whatever she wants. I can assure you, your heart will go with her. <laughs> Man, you're going to be calling her a lot more times than you've ever called her in your entire marriage. You know why? Because your treasure, somehow your heart is wrapped around in your treasure. And so Jesus says in Matthew 6, 21, if you want to give me your heart, I, I have a better way to help you do that uh, uh, efficiently. Uh, bring your treasure. And where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I've had people come to our church and at the beginning of the year and say, Pastor T, you know, will you please pray for me that this year I attend more church? And I tell them, oh, no, that's easy. Just start giving your money at a higher level. We'll see you here every Sunday. You'll be here to see what we're doing with your money. <laughs> no need to pray. Just bring us your money. You'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> amen and so your heart follows your treasure and so when god says where your treasure is there will your heart be also uh there's a place uh 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 for that as well you know to give uh god your treasure if you're gonna give your heart amen another question here i've had moments where someone has asked for money and the holy spirit said no I found this hard, uh, but I've realized later what he meant. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes, you know, particularly our generation, we have a generation uh, that's got so much entitlement, and you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. I think one of the plagues, we're going to deal with it tomorrow, one of the plagues that has plagued our country and our con continent as large is this spirit of entitlement. And it's the direct opposite of uh, stewardship. And so, you know, tomorrow we're going to be talking about biblical stewardship and how it is contrary to uh, the spirit of entitlement. The spirit of entitlement will kill you. It will destroy you. And uh, so we're going to deal with that uh, a little bit uh, more tomorrow. But there, there's definitely uh, times where the Holy Spirit will say, you know what? Uh, this person just needs to get a job. <laughs> Amen. That's all they need to. They need to get a job because a lot of people make a lot of money begging on the streets. A lot of people are on social welfare, social grants. I mean, 18 million people on social grants in South Africa and only 6 million on uh, paying taxes. Something is wrong with that equation. I don't care who you are. But anyway, I may get into trouble. 
And so, uh, I don't know if there's any other question. We have uh, three more minutes to go. But if there's no other question, I'm going to hand over to Benjamin. Uh, he is going to take us on. I think you're on mute, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I asked, you, I asked you one more question. Sorry, I was just trying to stir the pot a little bit there. Um, but I said, if you in a congregation that's not really, really tithing, what what do you do? What do you do about that? Like, how how do you? I know you can't make people do things, but mm-hmm. how do you encourage people to to jump in this river and and start to to give, you know, and be generous, and and you know they're going to reap the reward actually. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes. You know, how, how do you do? That's a good question. So, uh, you know, Jesus in Matthew 6 as well talks about mammon. And uh, in studying this spirit of mammon, I found out two things. Mammon, uh, when, it, when dealing with preachers, he always uh, either makes them teach about finances for selfish gain, which is pretty obvious. But what also mammon does is he stops preachers from teaching about money so that they can be liked and approved of people. And we know what the scripture says about that. It says the, the fear of man is, uh, is, uh, is, is a trap. And so what I encourage preachers to do is to, first of all, make sure your heart is pure. You are being motivated by the need to help people and to empower people. And uh, once you're at that place where you know your heart is pure, you're not trying to get uh, an offering. You're not trying to get money. You, you're just trying to help people. When your heart is pure, then you can teach that message uh, with purity. And how do you get to that place where your heart is pure? You start to practice uh, this, the very message that you're trying to teach. You know, you, you need to be the best customer for your sermons. So one of the things I do is I, I lead by example. I'm not going to ask someone to do something that I'm not uh, doing. So, you know, Chipo and I uh, uh, love to, to give and we love to partner and we love to be a blessing. And uh, again, you know, statistics say only about 30% of the body of Christ tithe or give uh, faithfully, you know, uh, regularly. It says about 30%. Uh, so it's a sad place to be uh, as a church because there's so much benefit that you can get from, from tithing and from giving and from being a blessing. For myself, it was uh, when I found out that, you know, God was calling me out to be a giver. At first, I was confused because I was in poverty. I didn't know what this was about. But once I started giving, it changed something uh, from the way I, I, I thought. My, my thinking was radically shifted because the number one reason why people don't give is because they believe they don't have. And unfortunately, Scripture says, uh, as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. So if you think you don't have, you are right. But what giving does is it changes the way you think. You start thinking, you know what? I actually do have and I have more than enough and I'm going to be a giver. So Chip and I have made it a point that, you know, when we go out to eat, we're not going to be one of those people that say, you know, oh, I think I forgot my wallet. No, we're going to take the bill. And uh, you know why? Because we believe that we have. Uh, We may not have a million in our account, but there's something that it does to your thinking when you start giving. So I would say to preachers, first of all, you know, practice the message. Uh, second of all, purify your heart so that you're not teaching it from a place of we need to meet, we need you to give so we can pay for rent. 
That's not why we need people to give to the church. We need people to give so that they can uh, connect with the grace of, of prosperity and just receive it uh, for themselves. It activates something when you act on your faith to be a giver. That's wonderful. So it's like that chicken and egg experience. So what comes first, the giving or do we have to wait for God to make us prosperous? First? No, God has already made us prosperous. That's the reality is that, you know, God has already made us, even when I was sleeping under the kitchen table, man, I was a prosperous man. If I had looked around hard enough, I could have found something to, to be a blessing to someone. I mean, we had a mango tree outside, uh, which was laden with, you know, fruit. I could have been a blessing to somebody else. We had a lemon tree outside and every season, lemon seasons. I mean, we would have a bunch of those. We had an avocado tree. I mean, look, I'm a blessed man. Even then... You know, sleeping under the kitchen table, it was tough, but there was already something I could do with what I had uh, to be a blessing. So, you know, again, when the Bible talks about bless the blessing on the believer, it's always from a past tense perspective. We're going to deal with Genesis chapter number 14 as well, the first place that uh, Abraham tithed. And it's interesting to realize that the tithing is not what started. It was the blessing. God, God doesn't wait for us to tithe for him to bless us. God is so gracious. I mean, he's already, you know, gone ahead and released the blessing and prosperity on us. And it just takes us, you know, perceiving it uh, so that we can start functioning and operating in it. Yeah, I'm, I love what you're saying, Um I had a, a picture a couple of weeks ago of a river. You know, the Lord showed me uh, almost prosperity was, was like a river. So it wasn't a dam. You know, a dam, you, you're hoarding like that guy with, with his big storehouse. But the river just keeps on flowing. So, I mean, you, it comes into your hand and it goes. It comes into your hand and it goes, but it never stops. There's a source that just never ends. But then he showed me another picture. He said, as the river flows stronger and stronger, it actually gets deeper and wider. Come on. And, uh, you know, there's a picture he gave me. He said, so the more it's going to flow, the deeper and wider it's going to get. Amen. And, uh, and that was very encouraging. So, yes, you can start with, with some mangoes from your tree, um, but it can get to a place where, you know, you could feed 200 people, you know, with, with a portion of your, your income, you know, just whatever it may be. You know, God's ways are higher than our ways, but, but really he can make that river flow stronger for everybody. Amen. And, uh, and I think you, you, you and I deal uh, picture of that. So. Amen. And uh, one of my friends, uh, Ashley Teradez, he says this. He says, uh, if, if you get addicted to giving, God will support your habit. <laughs> okay, habit of giving. I like that. Let's do it. Let's Come on. Um, all right. Well, Tafara, thank you, man. You, you're a legend. I'm so glad, uh, you know, we met and, and the Lord connected us. And, uh, and I'm, I'm glad with what is... I'm, I'm just so excited for what he's doing in your life and and actually for everybody um, in this meeting i i really have a strong sense that uh, the lord has gifted each of us with the ability to literally change the world we can change this nation we can change the world Amen. and he's definitely going to start off with the way changing the way we think you know so so i love what you're doing i love what you're sharing and um and i think it's going to have a big big impact on us all so just want to thank you again and appreciate it amen thank you guys thanks everyone for joining uh today was a little bit 
a hard message, but tomorrow is going to be nice. I, try, I, I promise you. So please make sure you come back tomorrow. <laughs>